Okay. So, we talked about several things. First time God creates what? For your first day. Uh, the heavens and the earth. And the yep. Day. And the earth is out form and void. So heavens and earth. And, and he creates something else the on that first day. The of the Lord light. goes over the water. Did you say it? I said light. That's excellent. Light. I couldn't hear oh, 100%. But not like a... What are we learning? What are we learning? Oh! We are learning a series, a series about the first portion of the book of Genesis. And we are talking about everything that God did. Well, not everything, because we don't know everything. But we're talking about, in general, uh, the creation and the first parts of mankind kind of... Uh, where they came from and things that they did and the change of mankind and how we got here along with the rest of creation. So what God did and what we believe in the first part of Genesis and then mankind's reaction. Okay? So, after that, he creates light and then on the heavens and the earth and then it was without form and void and then what does he create? Land. Okay. And the land separates the water from the water. And then he also creates the firmament. The firmament. Yes. Fur. And what is the firmament? The A firmament. The atmosphere. Okay. So the atmosphere in that he creates, it says specifically he separates the water from the water, which is above us, right, and down below us, so it creates the water cycle. In that atmosphere, he creates oxygen, which we need to live. Right, and trees to make oxygen. And trees, eventually, yes, so everything needs to live oxygen, right? It's in the cycle. It's in the cycle, right? It's in the cycle. So many trees. There's... Well, for right now, we he hasn't created any trees yet. So, uh, he creates. What else does air do for us? Keep us cool. Keep us cool. Keep or warm. Warm. What are we doing right now that we couldn't do without air? Breathing. Besides breathing. Talking. Living. Oh, we, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Right. So. No, yeah, because when with, you're not breathing, you can't talk. No. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> with the air molecules, so how you get my sound from my mouth to anybody else's ears is like my mouth makes a vibration and it vibrates all of the little molecules and then it vibrates your ear and then it vibrates your eardrum and then it goes to your brain and that's how well, you hear. Well, what if I do this? That is how you hear. So, but you can still, it's trans transferring things, okay? It's transferring the noise through, and what great things do we do with noise? What does God, why does God create noise? Couldn't he have done it without it? Communication! What is Jesus in John chapter 1? He has called something very special. The Word, right? And so God speak to words. Through words, right? God's intention is to speak to these people, these humans he's going to create, right? And what we know of is when God creates Adam and Eve, he walks with them and talks with them, right? That's where we get the song from, right? But he talks with them and walks with them on some regular basis. This is in the cool of the day. He came down to talk with and walk with Adam, the walk in the cool of the garden. So God's presence was there directly with Adam and Eve. And last, then we've also went through other steps of creation, right? Seven literal days of creation. There was a morning and an evening of each day, specifically said by God. Morning of the first day, and evening of the first day, second day, second day, and on and on we go. So seven days God creates the universe 
and the earth and everything that's living inside of it. Six days and then he rests. Creates mankind on the sixth day, right? And mankind is unique because... He has free will. Made in the image of God. Made in image of God. Okay, and how is that that he's made in the image of God? Because we talked about it. What what makes him in the image of God? Because God. Because God. He looks like one. Okay. Well. Do we look like God? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Don't really know. I mean, there could be one person in the world that actually looks like God, and nobody would ever know. Maybe. Go ahead. We talked about how yeah, humans, the soul and the spirit and the whatever. <laughs> humans, um, like, like a conscious. Like you have the like, like yeah. ability to like, be able to. Like, differentiate. Like, we're animals. Yes, they're smart. Animals, yes, they're smart, but they don't have, like, the ability to, like, tell between right and wrong. I mean, like, they're instinct. They have instinct. They don't have necessarily consciousness to think about God. Watch me. Yeah, didn't he write, like, about there's, like, the spirit and the so there's body right but that's the simple one everybody knows body about right and, and then mind which body in the Bible yes well there's actually in the Bible specifically talks about soul and spirit multiple times the mind is much like I would say it's synonymous with the soul, the way that the Bible talks about it, uses it many, many times, okay? So what is your mind? What is your soul? That's where your thought center happens, right? You are aware of what's happening. You are aware of yourself. You are aware that there is a God out there, or you say, I'm not going to believe in God, right? And that was where free will comes in to play. You're personality shows up through your through your soul or through your mind, right? Whether you're a funny person or you're a serious person, uh, whether you're a dominant type person or, or non-dominant. All of those things are part of your your mind or your soul. And then there's your spirit. Your spirit is a very interesting part is not touched by anything else but a spirit. I can't go up to your body and look at you and say, I see your spirit. Or I can understand your spirit unless if my spirit is awakened. So my spirit has to be awakened to to see other spirits that are awakened. And that's why God comes into us if we ask for God to come into us, into our hearts, he comes in the very first thing he touches is spirit. Because God is made of, in the very least sense, we think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And so we have a physical presence, the Son, we have a mind, personality, uh, and we have the Holy Spirit making up God. And so in his image we're made. Whether we're like this, and our spirit inside of us is super thin like Phoebe wants it to be. <laughs> or the spirit is... <laughs> I just want a fat spirit. That's what I want, okay? So, <laughs> that's what I want. And our mind or our soul, okay? Basically just how we... Our personality, okay? Those are the best ways that I know how to describe it um, to you and to understand. And then obviously your body body. Okay. So that's how we're made in his image. Then we talked about why does God create the universe? Maybe just maybe for one purpose. To show his glory. To show his glory. Then we also talked about aliens and to say could there be other life forms out there? 
Uh, they actually found microbacteria on Titan around Mars, which is one of the moons. Well, there can be lots of other life forms out there, and we definitely know that the Bible talks about other life forms in other dimensions, not necessarily in this space-time continuum, but there are many life forms around us, right? Do you think the microbacteria is similar to ones on Earth then? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not saying they won't ever find it, but here's the point that I think we want to hammer home about if they ever find an alien out there, or if they never do, it still will be for God's glory, right? You look at a bird outside and you say, wow, that is an amazing red-colored bird, okay? Or you could say it's beautiful, or you could say, ew. Well, and you could say that, to me, says there's a creator that can create that and a green macaw bird and a great blue heron. As a and macaw before? I, there are several different types. And the whole point of that is that there are many kinds. And so when you look at variety and you look at what God created, you say, that's amazing. So if God chose to create another being out there somewhere, it should point us to him and say, wow, he did that too. He's not bound in this space and time continuum. He, we know he's created other beings that we've labeled as things like cherubim and seraphim and other angelic type beings. Okay. All right. There's lots of creatures out there. And those angelic beings we will not see probably, probably in this lifetime. But we might. You never know. Hey, sir, did you know something of a thing where you could try and contact your actual, like, guardian angel? Like, I am sure that people have done a lot of things. So here's where you got to be careful. I'm curious if it'll actually work. I don't want to try it. Here's where you got to be careful. When you're trying to contact things outside of this dimension, you need to be careful that they're that they have good intent about it, and you don't know anything about them, yeah. right? So that could be dangerous. But like the whole thing is to find out your guardian angel's like name and all that. You're actually supposed to state your intention, everything. Honestly, it's so weird. It does sound weird. <laughs> and and you gotta watch people's intent behind that. True, either true. So either said, Tom's is a money dog or like a head pencil, or a so it could be a money thing. Yeah. It could be a greed thing. It's completely it, it could be something where they're looking to try and get you off track. So the whole point is, yeah, point back to God. That's the point. That's what I'm trying to tell you about regardless of what's out there. Find your way back to God. Look for God and what he wants for you to do. And don't worry about what everything else wants you to do. Okay? Alright. So, we've looked at those. We've looked at... Oh, we looked at Eve. She was created, right? Adam and Eve. And Eve was created out of Adam's rib for what purpose? So they could be one. I'm okay. actually curious, which one ate the fruit first? Was it Eve or was it Adam? It was Eve. It was Eve, okay. And she handed it to Adam and Adam said, okay, and ate it, right? So both of them sinned for different reasons. But both of them sinned, and we are going to then look. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse number 22. Sure, we're going to read through verse 25 as we look at the very first institution that God creates in this earth. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Taken out of one being? And then... God says, because of that, it is natural for you to go back 
and be married, to leave your father and mother, to go unto your wife, to cleave under her, to become one. That's God's intention. Yes, you'll find a thousand people out there that don't do it right, but you will find that in all of humanity because Adam and Eve started in sin, right? So, but God's perfect point is this. He created an institution of marriage. He also, so he created the family, marriage and family, all right? That's how he said, we're going to populate this earth. A man and a woman are together, they'll have children, and they will protect those children. All right. Sometimes, sure. some species. It's that also goes back to any struggles that people have. Go back to the basis of sin, right? The world that's been wrecked by sin, not perfect. Okay, so we've covered that. So we're moving on. God creates it and said, here's my institution. Now I would like you to do this, and this is how I'd like, and I'd like you to protect the next generation. That's what it's supposed to be. Protect the next generation in the family. That's why he created it. He also created the idea of government. Okay? Now, not good. Not all governments are good. Again, back to sin. Mankind wrecked it, but the idea of a ruler, God created that, okay? So, and we'll see it's needed very quickly, very quickly in human kind. So why do we have this marriage? It also is just like in the image of God, it gives us an image of God in what way? Because the church is supposed to be married. Okay, yes. But right now, we don't know what a church is, we don't, because it's not even, right? But, but how is this like God? How is the simplicity of marriage like God? How does that reflect God's image? Um, the idea of the Trinity, where they're all one, but they're separate. Okay, so they're... Right, right. Holy Spirit, like... And if you look at some of Solomon's description of marriage, so he says, God, yep. man and woman. Right. God, man, and woman go together, right? And, and he said, it's better to be two together if one falls down, if one of the other can help us up. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. In other words, if you, as the wife and the husband, wrap yourselves around God, you have strength. And that's God's intention. Okay? That's what God wants out of a perfect marriage. The purpose is to reflect God and to honor God. Okay? You've got to honor God. That's the point. All right. Genesis chapter 3. Verse number 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the world. Verse 2, please. Chapter 3, verse 2, please. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Okay, so the woman saw the tree for the first time in a different light. 
all the serpent did, or Satan came in at least looking as a serpent or occupying the body of a serpent at that point, all that serpent did was to say, are you sure that God really meant that? You're not going to die. God said you'd die. You're not going to die. He just said that because he doesn't want you to be wise like him. But if you eat that, you'll know what's wrong and right. Was that true? Yes. 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 All of a sudden, when they ate the tree, they knew that they had sinned. They knew it was wrong and right. But it's too late. They couldn't take it back. Right? They had an innocence before by choosing. And then when they chose to sin, they lost the innocence, never to come back. Okay? A big, big black mark on humanity in one step, one moment. So, what was attractive about that? Well, let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. Hold your finger in Genesis because we're going back there. Isaiah chapter 14. Because this sounds a lot like something else I've heard. Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12. 13 and 14, please. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which is within the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, as I, as I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Okay. So who is this? Satan. We have a record of a conversation that happened way long time ago when Satan said, I will be like the Most High. I will be God. I will ascend to His throne. I will become like Him. What did He say to Eve? You'll be like God. You'll know what's right and wrong, won't you? Satan has already done this choice. He knows the consequence of it. And he wants to take others down. Okay? He wants to take others down with him. Though, so he is using that. That is an idea to make yourself smarter than God. Is a very, very old idea. All the way back coming from Satan's own mind, and it's pervasive throughout humanity. Happens everywhere. Okay? So back in Genesis, you see where this idea comes from. You follow the temptation and the pattern, and all of a sudden, God says, all right, now... There's consequences. I told you you would die. So how come they didn't die the first day? Because you killed an animal in their place. Okay. God says, in the day that you sin, you shall surely die. Oh, yeah. Their spirit died that day. That was the day that sin was brought into the world. And that, that open connection with God... Your spirit, a very, in fact, probably the most powerful part of your being, but the least tapped part of your being. All right? That part died that day. And you can bet on that moment they felt empty. Also, God introduced death at that same moment because he promised that's what would come. Sin was a consequence of death. So before that, no tree was ever intended to die. No animal was intended to die. Nothing was intended to die. But on that day, the first animal also was slaughtered for them. Yes, right? And they had God-made skins. They covered themselves with fig leaves. God says, 
No, that's not going to do it. You brought death into this world through your choice. And so an animal dies. This beautiful creation is all made up. What if someone invents a time machine and goes back to that thing and stops them from eating the fruit and kills the serpent with a knife? Wouldn't it be nice? But I don't have a time machine. So <laughs> and then just destroys so, the tree and gets rid of it. No more temptation. So here's here's what happens. After that, here's the consequence. Verse uh, chapter three of Genesis, verse 14 through 19. This is the consequences, and everybody hates these, right? No, back to back to Genesis. We just wanted to and Isaiah get that little bit of a story to hear where being like God, wanted to be like God came from. Chapter 3, verse 14 through 19, please. And the Lord God said unto the servant, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed, uh, cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon my belly thou, thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Enmity. Enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to be, shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Unto the voice of thy wife, let's eat now the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns, also and thistles shall be shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken for the dust thou art in unto the dust shall thou return okay so here they are this is the sin first consequence is the snake and this is made as a marker for everyone to remember the snake used to have legs at the very least the hind legs we do not know more maybe there wasn't maybe there was but if you still see if you look at large snakes like pythons and things they still have flaps and bone spurs right where legs used to be okay some will tell you yep you got to look at big ones and you'll see them you ever go to the zoo I could uh, just pull the giant one that's been living in my ear as well. It's about as long as this table to that table. He shot one that I already came out of here that was about that long. So was, uh, look for bone uh, spurs and flaps. The biggest snakes will have like a flap of skin. Like what the world's that doing there? But it's right where our legs would be in the hind end. Okay? So mm, now you're cursed. Likes to a snake now. <laughs> I I don't know if I want to. So that's part of it, just for everybody to say, okay, just so you remember, that's what it is. Now, what else? What's the other consequences? What happens? Okay, so a man, the woman will have a child eventually. In womankind, or through womankind, a man will come that will save Okay, so it's the very first promise on the very first day that they do it to say Christ is coming. He's going to come and save it. He's going to crush the serpent's head, okay, but it will bruise his heel. It will bite and do its worst, and it's not going to kill him. It's not going to wipe him out, but he's going to come in and crush and kill the other. So then what else happens? What's the other consequences? Pain and childbirth and um, the man will rule over Okay, pain in childbirth. That was a bad one, right? <laughs> and then that nice... Now, picture this, right? That nice balance. Here is a man and a woman. Neither of them has to work hard. And they were in perfect harmony. And now man perfect harmony, right? The perfect harmony. And when you're hungry, you walk up to the raspberry bushes and the apple trees, and oh, it's just you. Wait, whatever you want, curious. all day. It's everywhere. I'm curious, what was the forbidden fruit? I don't know. It actually been an apple. We don't know. We don't know. So as they go, it's all given to them. 
in a perfect balance, right? These two come from one, right? And they and go back and they're a union of two. And sin takes it and messes up that nice balance. And then men and instead, over woman. I'd rather say equal rights, equal right, fights. Right. Well, I know that's what lots of people would like to say. But there is a truth about a constant tension. If I ever become president, first thing we're going to do is like equal rights for all. Like I said, a constant tension. There is a constant tension in any marriage. Okay? That happens as a result of this. Okay? It was not intended to be so. What's supposed to be? Well, we, Paul talks about that later. Others talk about that later in the scripture saying, love one another, care for one another, obey one another, do the right thing for one another. He probably to put this in there, but that one monkey wrench wrecked everything of what God's intent was to do. What else is left? One more. Well, two two more consequences. They can't live in the garden. Well, they can't live in the garden. Yes, they get kicked out of paradise, right? They have to farm for their food, so it's going to work by the sweat of their brow. And? They can't really eat bread till they sweat in the face. They were picking raspberries off, and there was no thorns. And now there's thorns and thistles. Yeah, weeds and nasty parts of things. There's going to be a battle holding back constantly forever. If you don't think there's a battle, grow a garden. What grows in there? Weeds all the time. Bigger, faster, better, more than anything you'd ever grow with food. We grew a lot of uh, flowers near my house and the roses we grew. For some reason, we don't know how, but they never grew a single thorn on them. Great. And then cool. and now there's these horrible prickle bushes that are popping up <laughs> with terrifying tiny red leaves instead of roses. Yep. Alright, so we talked about the skins. Now let's go to chapter four. What happens next? Chapter four, verse three through eight. We have some children that are born in sin. Okay? Chapter 3 through 8. I mean, chapter 4, verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And in, the, and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Five. Verse 5, and chapter... And to his offering, he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his... Countenance. Countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain walked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Okay, so very soon after, right, the first generation sins, the second generation, first generation eats an apple. Seems so innocent, right? Second generation, he's angry brother. and he murders his brother out of jealousy. And God even warned him in the middle and said, if you just do the right thing, if you do the right thing, it'll all go away. You don't have to worry about it. Just do the right thing, Cain. And he, and he just said, lost nope, behind his brother. I'm angry. Kill him. So, well, it doesn't, what does it say? It says he just slung him. It doesn't say how. He could have came up right behind him and snapped his neck. Just says he slew him. That's it. That's it. They were in the field. Cain rose up and slew him. That's what they do. Yeah, it literally goes. Yes. And Cain talked to them. Well, just read that. They were in the field that came and they rose up. So, against Abel. So basically, okay. it sounds like a fist fight because he rose up against him. So, either way, and he, slew him. he killed him, right? He's dead. And there's no guns and there's no bombs and there's he nothing like that, right? He walked up to his brother acted like he was going to hug him around his neck. Could have done whatever. So he killed him. That's the point. 
Now there's more consequences, right? And what is Cain's consequence? Uh, verse number 12. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. If you do the vagabond, shalt thou be in the earth. All right, so he sinned. What does that even mean? All right, well, let's talk about what's a fugitive? Uh, Criminal. Fugitive. So, yes, so you, you're, still have one you are a criminal, yes. You are recognized as a criminal, and you are being chased. You're on the run. Just jump the border to Canada. On the run. Now. What's a vagabond? A wanderer. A wanderer. Okay, so, so he's a wanderer and he's on the run. So a wandering fugitive. Wow. He's a wanderer and he is on the run. So here's where, watch this, right? We have Adam and Eve and their other children, and they did have other children. There were some, there's... There's some recognized in the Bible, but we know that they probably had more children. So, how do we know that? Well, you're going to see something pretty quickly here, because Cain runs off. I can already hear Eve complaining, I don't want any more kids, it hurts. So, here's the thing that we're going to talk about, and I want to look at tonight, just what's a general assumption. You have probably been taught in school that mankind from a long time ago was on some level of, we'll say dumb. Okay? Some level of dumb. However you want to say that, um, they have less... Dumb means you can't speak. It means the exact same thing as mute. I understand that. But not that I'm not using it that way. I'm using it as not smart. Okay? Okay? <laughs> so, we'll call it NS. Not smart. Okay? NS. Not smart. They had, according to what you've often learned, very little technology. Right? Technology could actually make you stupider than the full dumb. Very little, very little knowledge. Very little ability to do things. And somehow, over humankind, you are taught that they slowly grew and learned things, and they learned how to raise cattle and domesticate animals and plant things. And, and then all of a sudden, at the end, we learn how to make computers and not be the smartest people ever. Okay? Not really. <laughs> Definitely not really. We go to space, we make computers, we're super genius, just like uh, Wiley Cody used to say. Everything right? on the super internet genius. could actually rock right. your brain so, and cause it to So listen, I am here to throw out the hypothesis here and say, I believe, and I believe there's evidence in the Bible that mankind started in a very, very, very intelligent mind and abilities and genetics and has slowly degraded, okay? And their degradation has had to do with many different things. Many different things. And in the very end, everybody will be blinded Okay, many people will be blinded and talked about that in the Bible. Not physically blinded, but not understanding of things. It does not mean that we don't have new technology and that we don't have smart people. We do have smart people. That's what I'm saying. It actually takes longer than for a smart person to reproduce than it does for stupid people. They say like stupid people well, really rather Maybe, maybe that's true. At a, at a higher rate, and they say at some point all Americans won't even be able to understand the most simplest of things. Well, that might be true. So here was what, in their theory. This theory says we began as some sort of ape or ape-like creatures, okay? And in what I will say is the biblical, uh, not theory, but the biblical account of it, okay, is that these people were made in God's image. So very, very smart, very intelligent, very talented. And what did you learn about 
What's the Stone Age and the Bronze Age and the Iron Age? What does that have to do with mankind? What did you learn about that in school? I only, I wasn't part of the Stone Age. Okay. Stone Age, it was like a revolution. Evolution of technology. An evolution of technology, okay. Yeah. So what did they do in the Stone Age? Yeah. Let's get real simple. Stone tools, okay. And, and then in the... They became more advanced, more deadly. Their weapons built up and up and up to the point where... That is what... That's what you, including me, have been taught, right? And then the Bronze Age came in because they were able to figure out how to melt uh, copper and put some... Put, Eventually, they get to the to the Iron Age where they create steel and they do these things. Okay, so they work with stone first, and then softer metals, and then finally harder metals, and then we're all geniuses and make computers. Right? That's, there's a little step between there, but the idea is this. Now, what I'm going to tell you is that's not what the Bible says. Okay, that's not what the Bible says. What did you learn the first people did? How did they live? They were a pastoral society. Before that. They were before, all, before they, they were pastoral make, doing... Uh, they were... They before they farmed, what did they do? They were nomadic. Nomadic, and they did what? How did they eat food? They were hunter-gatherers. Hunter-gatherers. There you go. There's the words, right? They're hunter-gatherers, okay? Never stayed in one place, and they're hunter-gatherers. Now, that's what people want you to think, okay? And what does that do? It makes you think that every single human never truly stayed in one place. They always move, 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 move. What does that, what does that do for us today? It makes us think we're smarter than what they were. But in reality... Doesn't that appeal to the very same thought? The very same thought is, I'm smarter and smarter and smarter until I can't even stand it. I'm going to be like somebody. Who am I going to be like? I'm going to be like God. Right? Because we are going to achieve this growth until we get better and better and better. That's kind of behind the theory. Now, what happens to Cain? Chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Where, what happens to Cain? Chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of no Nod. Not or no, whatever. I wasn't there. On the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he builded the city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. Okay. Cain and his wife and his son. Enoch. How many is that? Three. Since when do you need a city for three people? Since. You need, a, you need a tent, right? <laughs> right? For three people, right? You need a, a cave for three people, or a hole in the ground for three people, or a sleeping bag for you know for each of you kind of thing, right? For future generations. Why would you build it for future generations unless if the generations are coming quickly? And you had a lot of people, so they took people to make a city. But remember, this is all just happening from Cain and his wife. So, is Enoch their only son? Nope. They're having, and this could be a couple hundred years later. Okay? And he's having children. Having kids. Lots of kids. Lots and lots of kids. A couple hundred at least. Many of these people lived longer. Well, they lived, if they lived like. The longest man ever to live in the Bible was 969 years. So, yep, nine months to brew a baby. You can you can have a lot of them. <laughs> and, and remember again, right? Remember, these are people that are pretty tough people. They're not wimpy people. None of them. So, can they build a city? They absolutely can build a city. Can. Can they populate that city? Probably pretty quick, you know? And I'm not saying in a year they could populate it, but 
they can have children and generations and they keep on having children and children have children and in a couple hundred years they've created for themselves a little city. Yes. So they like with their siblings? Yep. <laughs> now, why is it a problem for you? Because you don't want to <laughs> be with your siblings. I get it. Isn't it like the genes? Yeah. Yeah. My cousin gave birth to a baby with webtoes because the person she was was also a cousin. Think about this. What did God put in Adam and Eve and all the first animals? We talked about this. Like the perfect. All the abilities for all the races, all the people, all the. There was much variety in that. Now, as each branch of the family's gone off and off and off over years, it's actually gotten less and less, right? It's like you get less variety. You get more specific, right? Is that why this woman gave birth to a child that looked 1% exactly like her? I don't know. Maybe. It was like creepy. Maybe. People actually went, who was your older sister? All right. So, he goes, okay, let's, let's, let's go back. So, he builds a city. And I'm saying these cities are not your average city. These cities are going to be an incredible city with a small work crew that they're building in. They are pretty intelligent people. We'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, now, same chapter, chapter 4, verse number 20. We're going to look for some technology that they had, and this is within the first three or four generations of Adam and Eve. Uh, verse 20. And Adolfair Joel. Yep. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. Okay, they have cattle, so they are already domesticated, farming. This is uh, three, four generations down. You think it's possible these two kids could have been mixed up? Okay. So there are nomadic people. There are still nomadic people today, okay, that live still and they wander. They choose to live, whether they're way up north in the frozen cold Siberia or they live uh, in the Middle East. There are nomadic people. There's still on this earth today. People here, they just don't decide. I don't they know, wander they around and live in a camper. <laughs> okay, so listen up. 21, next. This is the same generation. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Okay, what do we got now? Jubal. Jubal, what's he do? Javelin Jubal. Harp and the organ. Now, it's not like an electric organ, okay? I don't know exactly what instrument this is, but either way, I music. mean, there was the piano right? organ. We've got, there was the pipe organ. We've got music. Now, do they have technology? They definitely have technology, and probably more than we ever give them credit for at this point. Verse 22. Please. And Zila. So she also there. Tubal Cain. Tubal Cain. It's a great name. You should name your kids that. Instructor of every artificer in base and brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. Okay, so they are working a couple generations away from Adam. They're working in brass, they're working in iron, and we have evidence still that they're worked in stone very, very early on. How do we know these things? Well, uh, Tubal Cain was the master of it. Okay, <laughs> Tubal Cain was the master of it. So what's interesting is they'll tell you, no, 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 these people were nomadic, they didn't have any tools, primitive weapons, you know, they're out making sticks and bows and making it with, you know, and missing the animals and all, you know. Uh, that's not the truth. It's not what the Bible says. It's not the truth. And what it is, is they have a pretty deep knowledge of many things. I'm going to tell you a few things, so listen up on this. Astronomy is a huge thing for many of these people, these early people. And you have found, they have found sites across the world, which we'll get to the across the world part in a moment. Across the world, they have found sites 
in which they do not know exactly how they built them, what they did with them. They're still made of stone, but they believe they have to do with uh, astronomy. Stonehenge may be one of them. There are other places like, and I never can get oh, this yeah, name right. Stonehenge in Great Britain. They never forget yep. what it was used for. Tiwanoko. Ever heard of that one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. I'd be really impressed if you did. All right. So there were sites like that 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 measured the summer and the winter solstice, and they built the entire uh, city basically. When you stood at this one place, and you could watch in on the the day of spring, the first day of spring, the sun rose up in the center arch. And on the winter solstice, it was on another side, and on the summer or on the the summer solstice, it was on the opposite side. They created these buildings, and still today, they can track it off of what's going on, um, except for some changes in the earth that they have seen. Yes. Isn't that how we like further away too? the stars. So the stars were used often for navigation, but if you've ever like just seen. The stars out in the ocean, the ocean's a mighty big place. You gotta be pretty smart That's to get around. Nice you can't just say, look, the North Star's ahead. Just keep rowing to it. You know, you have to understand and chart what those stars are, when they are, where they are, in the uh, in the different in places. The, if you're in so, the Northern Hemisphere and you're from the Southern Hemisphere, all the stars will look completely different too. Yep, yeah, they will. So, so navigation. Didn't the Aztecs or the Incas or the Mayans? Like, it was the Mayans. They made, made a calendar. calendar. They made a calendar. Now, what what you need to understand is there were people like the city that I told you, Tiwanoko. Okay, that city was a stone. Shh, listen, please. That city was a stone city that was built. And when they came and talked to the Incas, the first time they came in the 1500s, the Spanish came and asked them. When did you build the city? They said, we didn't build the city. It's been here for thousands of years before we were here. Mm. So, so there are early peoples and signs of early peoples across the earth that there are ancient things, some remnants left throughout the earth in North America, South America, and in Egypt, for instance, Okay, where those things are left behind still because the environment allowed it to be left behind, either covered up with a jungle or left in a dry desert somewhere where things were left behind, where you've seen that they, evidence of them actually tracking the same thing from one side to another, okay? One thing is, in the 1500s, a guy made a map. He made a map of Antarctica, mm -hmm. right? He said, and I, yes, right. he said, okay. this map is not a map that I made up. All of these maps, all of this information that I'm transferring is from much, much older maps. Some, he says, as early as Alexander the Great, which is way before Christ, and earlier. So we're talking in the BC range. These people mapped out Antarctica. And you could say, okay, so somebody maybe sailed to the edge of Antarctica and mapped it all out. In 1958, they did their first seismic survey and they overlaid the map that they made back in the times of at least Alexander the Great, if not more, older and it matches the ground underneath, the two miles underneath the ice. Two miles of ice, and it matched pretty perfectly. Okay, all that's the little ins and outs. It is. So what I'm telling you is these people were not dumb. These people were very intelligent, and the earth that they lived in, though it's the same earth, may have had major changes in it, but some things changed and some things probably did not, okay? We know that there was, they used boats made of reeds to go from the North Atlantic all the way down to South America. 
made of reeds across the ocean. And a man, there was a Norwegian sea captain that wanted to prove it, that they could do it. And so he created one, I think it was back in the 60s, 70s, something like that, called the Ra. And he crossed, and he did it. Okay, just to prove that they could do it. So there was not a limit to what they could do just because they made it out of reeds or they made it out of wood or whatever. Now the stones that they made, some of these stone temples in South America were very similar shape to the pyramids. Also the size of blocks, the forming of the blocks in the corners were very much the same. They actually chiseled out in the tops of the blocks, when two blocks got joined together, they chiseled a trench. Like this. They found this in cities in South America, and they also found this in Egypt. And other cities throughout the world, ancient ones. And they took that, that thing, and they poured molten metal in it and made a tie. Yeah, isn't that smart, right? And held them together. Still those blocks, you cannot put a playing card between. They're that tight. Some of the blocks weighed between 50 tons up to 350 oh, tons. Oh my all God. one single rock. 350 tons is like... No equipment. Well, what kind of equipment? Pretty smart. Pretty smart, whatever they did. No electric equipment, no hydraulics, or nothing that we have evidence of. And they're able to move a 350-ton block. One single full tractor-trailer truck with a tanker in the back. Weighs 40 tons. They could have just the whole had a thing bunch full. of people line up and take like so, one piece of it and just carry it. Maybe. Or maybe something much smarter than what we are thinking of. 40 tons times 5 is 200 tons. Times 8 is 320 tons. Times 9 trucks is a little bit over 350 tons. So it's like moving a block that weighs 9 loaded tractor trailers. <laughs> I don't care how much slave labor you got. That's not an easy thing to do and put it up into a place. Okay? These are very intelligent people. They learn how to do things with small groups. They learn how to be intelligent. They learn how to it's not just to learn. They they have in them advanced tool making, advanced to engineering, advanced music, languages, um, all kinds of things. And Throughout the world in the ancient cities, you see little evidences of these things passed from one to another to another. How is it? Because they all came from the same place. I have an idea. Right? What if we dig underneath Antarctica to see what we can find? Imagine if we find really good ancient technology that's really, really advanced. It would be a long, it would be, there. there is theories about that. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But here's the thing. They mummified people in South America. They mummified people in Egypt. Okay? The headdresses in South America were very similar. So why? Because it comes from the same people. And what does, what does Cain do? He's a wanderer. He's on the run. He's moving. He's smart. I mean, he murders his own brothers. Right. But he's going, he's building a city. And then he's teaching how to do this. And he's moving, and he's going, and he doesn't stop. And so the world tends to spread and get populated. Okay? So it's an interesting thing. So what does this all tell us? Well, this all points to say the most important thing is there's a common influence... And you could say, well, there was alien technology and they were smarter and they came in and they taught everything and they put the pyramids there and all of that. Or you could say, God created man in his own image. And since then, sin has hampered what we're able to do and how advanced we really are. And in the biggest thing, it has hampered our real understanding of ourselves. So as sin, sin spreads more rapidly, the more idiotic humanity becomes. Seems to be that way. Seems to be that way. So we seem we to walk away. Only, so how do we not... 
How do we still have more than one brain cell left at this point? Oh, it's. I will tell you, at the final end, God will pull the plug on the thing. When he has said that's the last day, he's going to say that'll be it. And he will bring an end to this. But he is holding back things now to bring humanity to as far as he can because he cares about us. He intended us to be super intelligent, super beautiful, super amazing, super advanced people. But in the end, Poor God. sin really messed things up. But God had a better plan yet. Came with his son and he said, meanwhile, live in my image. I'm going to give you opportunities to live in my image and I'm going to help you with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Come in here and allow you to live no matter what age and generation you're in. I honestly Even feel if you're really Gen bad Z. for God at this point. <laughs> so, that's the understanding we get, is that there is much going on behind the scenes. God created a very, very intelligent race of humans, and we have come from those humans. Okay? Only to wind but there up is so now. much... There is so much that God intends. He, he will write things in the end. Okay, He will change things. He will write things in the end. And it will require an entire newly created earth. He will recreate earth and heaven. And this time, if you know him, you'll get to watch. Which is going to be fascinating. Amazing. You'll never see anything like it. Okay? Thank you very much.